Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm a feminist, but I just bought quite an expensive lipstick I really wanted on the grounds that the shade was called Activist. <laughs> I also bought a lip gloss called Honey Trap, even though it is named after the character of the seductress who lures in the cheating husband in 1940s detective films to prove he is unfaithful. <laughs> I am currently wearing Activist, what do you think? <laughs> It's fantastic. Mm, it was only honest. after I bought it, though, I realised on the side of the box it said girl, like activist girl. And I thought, that's like activist Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a little picket, like a little sign yeah. saying, like, down with something. Down with the patriarchy. Down with the patriarchy. <laughs> I am a feminist, but I definitely prioritised slightiness over quality for Halloween costumes this year. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard because, you know, when you get a really good idea for a Halloween costume and you're like, it's better, are people going to think I'm beautiful because <laughs> it's the one time a year it's like that Mean Girls joke right it's the one time a year you can get away with wearing the craziest thing you would never ever wear normally like this dress is legit see-through which was unfortunate until I found out that these lights are very very heavy um, I'm a feminist but 
I recently danced to the misogynistic anthem Blurred Lines at a birthday party because I didn't want to leave my friend on the dance floor alone as under the circumstances, politically speaking, it was not a sisterly thing to do. (laughs) Admittedly, I did not have to sing along and in fairness, I probably could have got away for smack my bitch up. Sometimes the misogynistic songs are the best ones to dance to. I know. I've got a whole routine. Really I've got a whole hard. routine about this in my show because it's just so it ruins good songs. It ruins good songs. It ruins good songs. And even like, you know, we all know school disco when you're twelve, like Ignition by remix by R. Kelly. No, I mean no no no. Don't work before don't work before I'm what I'm about to say. Because he is a downright dirty dog. He's a terrible man. I and we do like I don't know where to sit on that now. Okay. Like sit All right. on that. that was a weird <laughs> I describing that, but I might have talked about this on this podcast before, but mm. that is my song with my husband. Because we had this really funny moment. We're just sitting there watching MTV. <laughs> and then he never dances and he was doing this funny dance for me. Yeah. And I said, You like R. Kelly, are you? And he went, Yeah, what's he like? I laughed for so long and then I said this is it you know this is happiness like we're not going to be any happier in a bigger house with more money in the bank this is it this is a moment so when we got married that was our song <laughs> which you know mama rolling that body got every man in here wishing yeah. is not the lyrics to many people's love song with their That's partner awesome. but it was just a funny moment anyway so I had to do a story for this storytelling podcast live audience you know the theme I think was happiness so I did this whole thing where I quoted all of the lyrics and then at the end that sort of became the last story mm-hmm. and it was like a sort of considered piece the next day it came out in the paper that R. Kelly had like an underground ring of young women and like <sighs> was kidnapping women or something I don't know allegedly I don't know exactly what the details were I was too terrified to look and this is coming out and I am going to get so much shit on the internet (laughs) okay I'm a feminist but as a woman of colour I shudder when I hear uh, people say woman of colour it's such a weird term for me it just reminds me of um, you know at Disneyland um, the fireworks show is called um, World of Colour and uh, yeah someone's really happy about that memory uh it just reminds me of weird i don't know okay i feel like i've hit a nerve here because people are like i just feel i should not have an opinion on this at all <laughs> not I'm after trying Ar- to back you up but not after r kelly say, gate not after r kelly no gate. no we should rebrand it to like something like really like just cool and like snap i don't know we need to get a pr firm on this shit you know i don't know i have no idea what i'd use no, I don't know what the alternative is. And the again, Avengers. I don't know. <laughs> Can we use that? Yeah. Is that copyright infringement? I'm good with that. Yep. I'm a feminist, but when I was sitting on the beachfront in Sydney last week, an admittedly hot American waiter brought my food, smiled at me, and said, Can I take your number? And I had had zero flirtation or banter with this guy. And what I wanted to say was, in the week of Weinstein, you're not even going to make conversation first. You're just going to get straight in there, taking my phone number. Has Tinder done away with even basic pleasantries? But what I actually said was, I'm married. (laughs) And it was at that moment I realized he was reaching for the number on a stick on my table (laughs) that I had taken off the counter so they'd know where to bring my food. So I had to add, 
I'm married and my husband still hasn't had his order yet. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. And I could see his face was like, that's a lot of information. <laughs> sure, just yes or no, it's fine. My husband was actually in London. There was no more food to come. I just had to eat it really quickly and run. But as the waiter walked away and I almost died of embarrassment, an old man at the next table leant over, grinned and said, I like your pants. And I thought, still got it. Not in the way I'd hoped, but still got it. That was amazing quick thinking, though. I would not have had the mind to do that. I'd I mean, have been like, yes. <laughs> I just, My husband is real. <laughs> I can Skype him if you want. <laughs> I would have loved you to start with opening sentence was, in a week of wine. <laughs> so measured, so calm, so ready to just pounce. In a week of Weinstein, do not think it's more appropriate to discuss with a woman her attitude on politics or even the weather before you start inviting her to sexual congress. Of course, you can take my number back to the counter. Beachfront waiter who has no interest in me whatsoever. To be fair, he sounds hot. Um, Okay, I've got one very short one in mine on him. I'm a feminist, but I would have sex with Robbie Williams' past and current versions. Um. <laughs> Live from the town hall in Auckland, the Spontanette presents the guilty feminist with Deborah Francis White and guest co-host Rose Matafeo and very special guest Alice Sneddon talking about taking charge. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Guys, I have to address up top. I am going to a Halloween party. <laughs> right after this, and I realise, yes, I am right now doing white face, okay? Because I'm going as white feminism. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, no, no, I'm going as magenta from Rocky Horror, so I just don't want to freak anyone out. I've come as sort of... Captain Bird's Eye. <laughs> it's a sick look without yeah. a hat. No context. That's fantastic. Oh, I have a hat. I bought this really cute hat and then I got on the plane in New York and a flight attendant said, were you planning on flying this plane? Because I had, if you're listening at home, this jacket hat. is a bit military. It has brocade on and I just thought I didn't want the hat to get squashed. You know, it's a kind of peaked cap mm. and I did look a bit like I was going to make a run for the <laughs> cockpit. It's such a cute idea that you dressed up for the plane as the pilot. <laughs> That's so I did, sweet. I did. And that brings us to our theme of leadership. Yes. You know, there are guys in the world who'd be like, yep, yeah, I'll have a go. I'll have a go at flying the plane. Right? Absolutely. If, if there, were, there are. How many men in the audience tonight? Just give us a cheer if you're a man. And just give us a cheer if you think, if the pilot, the co-pilot both had heart attacks, would you have a go, sir? He'd definitely give it a go. Okay. He'd definitely give it a go. There are men that you, have a you sort seem of... way too chill to be taken on that leadership role. <laughs> He's wearing a shirt, an open shirt, not buttoned up, a chill T-shirt underneath. If I saw a pilot dressed like you, I'd be like, get me off this plane. <laughs> so, we're talking about leadership. 
taking charge, I can't help but notice, New Zealand, that you've had a wow. recent... A recent exploration. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening abroad and you get your news from Twitter and you haven't noticed, uh, New Zealand has a female prime minister who's only... I love uh, to imagine the one person in the crowd who didn't know what you were all clapping about yeah, and right. just going with it, just being like, woo, yeah, yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> yes, uh, Jacinda, and she's 37, which, which makes everyone feel very relaxed about what they've achieved with their lives, doesn't it? <laughs> it's very relaxing, whatever age you are. If you're under 37, you're like, fuck, how many years till I'm prime minister? If you're older 37, you're just like, well. I mean... Scary. To be fair, both Jesus and Mozart were already dead by the time that Jacinda got into office. But what is she really doing? Yeah. No, yeah. I am. Um, I won the uh, most likely to become prime minister award uh, when I was year six. Um, thank what? you. No, wait but for what it. Was um, the, the sample the, the size go- of people who voted. It was though, the Rose. no. It was the um, enti- It was chosen by the teachers. It was both year six classes. But bear in mind, I got the girl version of the award. And Asher Emanuel got the boy version of the award. Oh, you were most likely to be girl prime minister. Girl prime minister, yeah. Wow. You're younger than Jacinda, aren't you? You're 25. 25, Yeah. Yeah, So you've got loads of time. I've got a few years left. But I feel like there's too much dirt on me. I've said too many horrible things on my own podcast. (laughs) Like someone's going to dig deep and just find some terrible shit. Yeah. Uh, You could still be president of the United States if Trump has anything to go on, though. That's would you, would you ever become prime minister? I think probably not. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Like genuinely thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Sure, but I don't know where I'd be prime minister. Like in Britain, they'd be like, "Don't they need you in Australia?" Like, yeah, really. Vice versa. Really. And in Australia, they'd be like, "You sound like a pom, mate." Yeah. The thing is, I went to university before Facebook, yeah. so that's good for my ability to be Prime Minister, because anybody who went to university during Facebook, I mean, I suppose someone from that era is going to have to be Prime Minister at some yeah. point. God, that's an Because there's going to be dirt on of. everybody. Yeah. Like, Just imagine a Prime Minister desperately messaging friends to untag them in photos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guys. Well, presumably Jacinda has had to do that. Probably. Jacinda must have. Because must she's, be cool. she's cool. She's cool. She's probably, cool. Yeah. There's got to be some racy photos of her somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Don't we, dig those up, though. No. I don't want that coming from the Guilty Feminist podcast. She was doing so well, and the Guilty Feminist made everyone dig up racy photos. <laughs> Six months later, she had to resign. No, that's not what we're going for here. She's legit, though. She's awesome. Yeah, no, she does seem amazing. She's so cool. Does anyone know her personally? I've met her. Have you? Yeah. What hangout? What? (laughs) Have you met her? No. Yeah, but no, she um, she weirdly, I do an improv show, and she comes, she's a real huge supporter of the arts, obviously, in Auckland. Yeah, but improv. Shut up! In a very real, so my background's in improv, and I wouldn't. She's come to, she's done a monologue at our improv show. She's the first, yeah, she's the first, I guess, Prime Minister snort. We do it uh, on, uh, at the basement, uh, just uh, down the way. Yeah, a few pe- one person um, uh, has been once. But yeah, she did a monologue at our improv show, which is... Um, what did she monologue about? I'm, I forgot, actually. <laughs> Alice, Rose, this was Alice a, such a good story. No, Alice knows. Alice, tell me, what was it? Alice is in the audience, where are you? Teeth. Teeth. 
Oh, some she got. So she told a dentist story. Okay, all right. Amazing. All right. When Alice comes up, we might ask her to recreate that. She's super cool. She's super cool though, and uh, yeah. But was there someone in the audience who was pointing at their mate? They met Jacinda. Yeah. Are you mates? You friends with Jacinda? How do you know? Would she like to guess tomorrow? Because our guest has dropped out. Can 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 you give her, her can you give us her number? Yeah. <laughs> Just add us to a WhatsApp group. That's all we're asking. Yeah. <laughs> Damn! Oh. Great girl. Okay, I'm a feminist, but I am prepared to use somebody's husband to get the right introduction. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis. So I want to tell you about a time in my life where I took charge, where I feel like I was provoked to take charge, where I wasn't meant to be in charge. Somebody phoned me up a few years ago before I was doing The Guilty Feminist, and they asked me if I would come and record a taster tape for a television dating show. And I thought, I don't really know if I want to do a dating show. And the producer said, look, I think you're really great. And listen, even if you don't want to do a dating show, the network will see how funny you are because we've got a script, but we want you to sort of ad lib and make it funny. And they'll see you and they'll know your name and they might think of you for something else. So it'd be really worth your while. Now we're really not paying much. They're paying like pennies, but I think it'll be great for your profile. So I got there. And it wasn't a television studio, it was the foyer of a television production company. It was just, it was, just the, it was a foyer, what was what it was. But they'd closed it down because it was a Sunday, and so we were recording all day in this closed down office. And so I go over to the coffee table, I'm getting a coffee, and there's a chap there uh, who says he's also a comedian. And I said, oh, what are you doing for the show today? He said, I'm hosting the show. I said, well, I, I think I'm, I'm hosting the show for the taster tape, so I, I don't think you are. And he said, well, no, I'm hosting the show for the taster tape and I said well I, I'm hosting the show for the tape he said well I'm hosting the show for the I said well I'm hosting the show for the taster tape said, I'm hosting the show for the taster tape and then the producer who's booked us both comes over and goes oh guys sorry yeah 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 they couldn't really decide whether they wanted a woman or a gay guy so they're going to record the whole taster tape with both of you the whole thing with Deborah then the whole thing with Barry and then whichever one we like the most is the one we'll show the network I was like, firstly, you will not have time to do that. I thought in my head and didn't say. Secondly, you have promised Barry and both me that we'll be seen by the network and that's why we've given up our whole day for like 10 pounds. Barry says to me, well, I hope they use mine because I've given up my day job to do this. So I was like, do you want to do it? Do you just want to do it? Should I just go? And the producer was like, no, 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 no. It's very key that we see the tape with a woman and a gay guy. Now, a woman and a gay guy, you have to understand in television terms are the same thing. <laughs> so, so then we go into this meeting with the two guys who are actually running this show, who've come up with the idea. And they go, yeah, yeah, we're not really a dating show type of guys. Like, we don't really do this kind of stuff. We've never done this stuff before. We do political documentaries. But one night we went to the pub and we got absolutely rat-assed. And we thought, we came up with an idea for a dating show. We thought it was so funny. This is so funny. Imagine us doing a dating show. Us doing a dating show. Like, normally we're doing, like, you know, documentaries about Europe and stuff. So we said to our mate at the network, we were like, oh, my God, we've come up with a funny idea for a dating show. And he said, oh, my God, that's so funny. We should give you some money to make a taster tape. And I just looked at them and I was just like, in my head, I was just going, do you know how many ideas my friends and I have developed with our hearts, sweat and tears? We have never had any money to develop that we have pitched over the years. And basically, you got drunk, threw up on a commissioning editor and he gave you £10,000. Is that what's happened? Didn't say that, obviously, but in my head, I said it. 
So they said, right, the first part of this uh, show is going to be online. Anybody could put their picture up and say they want to be in the dating show. And then the audience at home are going to pick the people they want to be on the dating show. And I was like, okay, so how's that going to work? Like if 500 or 5,000 people put their pictures up. Oh, Simon, I haven't thought of that. Have you thought of that? I haven't thought of that either, Tony. No, I haven't thought of that. Have you thought of that, Simon? I haven't thought of that. I haven't thought of that. We'll just leave that bit out. Um, they pitched more and more and more of the dating show, and I explained to them really nicely why more and more and more of their dating show would not work. And Barry, who wanted this to be his big break, said nothing. He was just staring at me like, stop telling them their show is broken. <laughs> So we go in, there's cameras, there's a big crew all standing around. Right, we're going to get Deborah to do it first. And I'm thinking, we've got nine hours or something. This is no way that Barry is ever going to get a go. So Barry's sitting on the side looking like a puppy. They start off by saying, yeah, so just say something at the top. Say something at the top. Like, I'm Margaret Cable Smith and this is the dating game. And I went, right, sorry. I'm Deborah Francis White. Did you want Margaret Cable Smith? And I go, what? No, I don't know who Margaret Cable Smith is. I was like, well, you just said her name. Oh, I don't know, just to the back of my mind. I don't know, I don't know who Margaret Cable Smith is. I'm just saying, you just say, I'm Margaret Cable Smith. Well, I can't say that, because I'm not. I'm Deborah Francis White. I'm not making any of this up. This is what was happening. Well, whatever your name is, you just say, just say the version of your name that you're most comfortable with. <laughs> well, that would be my name then, Deborah Francis White. Whatever, doesn't matter. Just say your name, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm Margaret Cable Smith, and this is the dating game. I was like, okay. And then just say something like, this is the show where the viewers at home and the studio audience get to decide who our lucky contestant goes home with at the end of the night on the dating game because Cupid's in the building or something like that. Just make that funny and short. So normally in the situation, they'd be cue cards and they would have a script. And what they want you to do is just be a bit playful with it. So I was there going, okay, well, so do you not have any script? Oh, no, no, we don't have any script. That's why we've got you, because you're good at ad-libbing. What you're going to say is, I'm Margaret Cable Smith. <laughs> and this is the dating game, and viewers at home, studio audience, blah, 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 lucky love, only funny and short. So I was like, okay, fine. So I did it, and I made it pithy, and then he'd say, just stop, 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 stop. What you said was studio audience, you said studio audience and viewers at home. No, that is the right way around, sorry. No, it's meant to be that way around, sorry, as you were. And then we're going to get on with the first round. Now, the first round is where our 17 young men, chosen from the studio audience, come out onto the stage, and they fry an egg. And Sarah, our contestant here, is going to decide which one of them has fried the egg that she likes the most. And then the viewers at home, the old studio audience, are going to decide, and they're all going to vote too by text or buzzer. How will anyone determine at home which is the best fried egg? Like, what? On what basis? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. On the night, it'll be better than that. But right now, we've got fried eggs. So, yeah, so you just say something like, I'm Daisy Fawcett Brown, and this is, uh, this is the dating game, and uh, now we're going to have all of these chaps fry these eggs. By hour four, I was doing it, though. I was doing it. I was doing it really well. I want you to know that. I was doing it well. Barry comes up in the first tea break and says, would I be able to go? Because he thinks he might be able to get back some of his shift from his day job. And they go, oh, no, Barry, no, Barry. Okay, all right, it's pretty clear, Barry. We're not going to have time. We're not going to have time, are we, Simon? We're not going to have time to get you to do the whole thing again because that's not realistic. Really, no shit, Simon, no shit. <laughs> but what we're going to do is get you to do like an after show, sort of like an extra slice type, you know, after show. And I was thinking, you're never going to make a fucking after show of a taster tape. That is not going to happen. So we need you to stay, Barry. It's really key that you stay. So Barry sits down again 
and on we continue. And it's, yeah, so we're just back, we're back from the break, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, Hillary Rodden Clinton, and this is The Dating Game. And we're back from the break, and I'm Camilla Parker-Bowles, and this is The Dating Game. Go. And we're back from the break, we're back from the break, and we're back from the break, more and more ridiculous things. Men doing laps, men doing push-ups, men dancing the hula, each round is more stupid, each round, and they start saying, I'm doing jokes, and they start saying, actually, don't do jokes. What? We've decided we don't want it to be funny. Right, well, I'm, this tape's going to the machine editor, so I sort of do want it to be funny. No, 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 there's no need for jokes. And then Simon goes, yeah, so just say, you know, I'm Tiffany Laura Stevenson. And I'm like, that is not my name. And he goes, no one cares what your name is. It's not going to be you if we make it to television anyway. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's not going to be you. It'll be Davina McCall. I was like, Davina McCall will not touch this shit. Don't... I'm not going to do it. How are you going to get to Fina McCall? And I saw the crew look down embarrassed at their feet because this was like hour eight and I'd been on my feet in heels making their format work. I was so stunned, I just took it. And then, right at the end, they went, Barry, we don't have time to do your segment. So what we're going to do is, on the night, in the real, right, we would have a psychologist come to just make sure everybody's sort of at the end, like some kind of psychological round. I was like, what, to make sure people who are doing this are psychologically fit? And he was like, yeah, whatever. And uh, so we'll just pop you into a white coat and we'll just get you to wave over the titles. So Barry had been there, honestly, between 10 and 12 hours at this point, sitting there doing nothing. All Barry was going to do was get to wave in a white coat. Literally, that was it. And I was just like, no. On behalf of myself, I will suck it up. But right now, I need to take charge. So I stepped forward... And I said, this is not okay. You can use him or not use him, but don't make him wave in a white coat. And he went, yeah, yeah, look, we don't have time for this. We're going to end it now. Just say, I'm Patricia Routledge-Smythe. And this is the dating game. And I just stopped. And I just went, okay, excuse me, sorry. Could you cut, please? Could you turn the camera off? Yeah, no, we're not rolling, are we? No, great, okay, good. Okay. I have stood here in heels for 12 hours. I have made your format work. I have ad-libbed because you have no script. You have kept a man here for 12 hours for 10 pounds or something, and you have given him nothing to do but wave in a white coat. And this is enough. My name is not Margaret K. Smith. My name is not Hillary Rodham Clinton. My name is not Camilla Parker Bowles. I am a comedian. If you didn't know who I was at the beginning of the day, you should know now, because you've been in front of me for 12 hours. My name is Deborah Francis White. And if you don't get it right, I am walking out the door. And, and the crew did that. The crew applauded. And the guy went, oh, all right then. Okay, I'm sorry. You're Deborah Francis White. And I was like, yes, I am. And this was the dating game. <laughs> Good night. Thank you very much. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sometimes you've just got to take charge, I think. You've just got to take charge. It's not your yeah. room, but there are times when the room needs you to take charge. Are they still doing auditions, though? Or <laughs> They're still doing what? I'd be, I'd be Kane. <laughs> um, okay, we should do our challenge. My friend is a choir master and a singer, mm-hmm. and he has done this before where he divides the audience up and gets them to sing. And when yes. I've tried to do it, it's fallen apart. <laughs> and he told me it's leadership. So I'm going to try it tonight with this audience. I'm going to set it up and then I'm going to get Rose to come in and be a co-leader and we're going to try what I call a kind of collaborative leadership style. There's going to be two sides of this audience. What's your name, sir? Robert. Okay, so this side of the audience, including the balcony, you are now all called Robert. Okay, what's your name? Robert. Great, okay. What's your name? Oh, Oliver. Okay, I wasn't pointing at you, but I love that you've included yourself. Okay, great. Um, I took leadership, this yeah? This side of the room, you're called Oliver. What's your name? Oliver. Okay, so the first song that we're going to get you to sing all together, and then we're going to get you to sing another song all together, and then we're going to see if we can put Robert and Oliver in different camps. That's what we're doing. So the first song is, do you know this song? Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Great. Okay, so we all know that song? Mm-hmm. Anyone not sure of it? Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. This song, a little bit harder. I take the high road and you take the low road and I'll be in Scotland for ye. But me and my true love will never meet again on the bonny, bonny banks of Loch Lomond. Okay, very few people are okay. Six people knew that. That was good. And you guys really knew it. I'll take the high road, you take the low road, and I'll be in Scotland before ye. For me and my true love will never meet again on the Bonnie Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond. Okay, are we ready? Uh, So, Oliver, you're going to sing when the Saints go marching in. Okay, so we're just going to start with you singing, and then I'm going to bring these guys in, okay? So, and Rose and I, just through communication of eyes and false eyelashes, are going to beautifully lead this. 
So they were singing at the same time. And the mission is not to sing loudly and drown out the other team. It's to work collaboratively and beautifully together so we can hear both. Maybe Rose will bring up one, I'll bring you down, then I'll bring you up, Rose will bring you down, and we're going to end beautifully, okay, due to our leadership. I feel like I'm going to mess this up. No, I, I you're not, Rose. And... Rose, you, this is going to prove that you should be Prime Minister. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is just Oliver. Ready? Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. I want to be in that. I don't even know the lyrics. I don't even know the lyrics. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Great start. Again. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. I want in that number. Oh, when the I'm drunk, go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. How I long. You take it away there. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints take the high go marching in, take the low. Oh, when the saints go marching Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Don't know the lyric. Oh, when the saints go marching in. 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 I want to be in that number. When the saints go marching in. done it. Yeah, considering I never knew the third lyric to that, <laughs> for the entire oh, time. Really well. What was it? That's I want to be in that sense, number. Guys. Did you not pick it up in all of that time? In right? all of that time. This just goes in to all show. Of, that goes to show female co-leadership really hides mistakes. It just goes to show that many of our leaders know nothing about what's really going on. <laughs> but they're standing up the front. They're waving. They look like they know, and we assume that they do, wrongly. Um, so That's my experience good. of that, from a leadership point of view, was the first time I had to get Robert to come in with the Loch Lomond song. Uh -huh. I balked at it, because I thought, I'm going to get them to come in at the wrong time, and I'm going to crash your good song. Mm -hmm. And then really, if I'm strictly honest, they started it off. Now, <laughs> but... I joined in and I led the rest of Robert and then I wanted to bring it down so that yours would be louder and other times I wanted to bring mine up so that mine would be louder and for a while I found it hard to catch your eye because you were so keen. I was desperately trying to remember one lyric. Sure. I'm a smart person. How did I not remember one lyric? I know, it was very hard, yeah, and because of my eyelashes obviously it was kind of barriers to see. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
this is why when in a leadership role, you should not wear false eyelashes. Don't do it. And so when I did get your eye, I felt like I could bring mine up. And I felt like I could trust you. I felt a connection. Yeah, I did. I did. That was did. a really good moment. I thought, oh, and it really worked. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think thought, it was a connection of two people who had no idea what they were doing, locking eyes and going, we're getting away with this. <laughs> You've just described democracy. <laughs> Guilty Feminist, it's Deborah Francis White briefly interrupting your podcast listening to let you know that there are some shows coming up that you might want to come and see. We're heading back to Australia on Saturday, the 24th of February. We will be at the Royal Theatre Adelaide as part of the Adelaide Fringe Festival. So come and check us out in Adelaide on the 1st and 2nd of March. We will be at the Cooper's Malt House, Melbourne. Hello, Melbourne. And we will be at the Sydney Opera House for two shows on the same day, two shows on Sunday, 4th of March at the Sydney Opera House. Come and see us there. And we will be at the London Palladium for our 100th ever show in the West End on Thursday, the 24th of May. Some people were disappointed they missed out on the February Suffragette show. So there's another show at the London Palladium with Guardian Live. Get tickets now for the 24th of May. There are other shows coming up in the UK and elsewhere, so watch out for those. And you can get details of any of these shows at guiltyfeminist.com. Please clap your hands and make huge guilty feminist woo-hooing noises for the wonderful Rose Matafeo! say on this so leadership is an interesting thing it's so much to do with confidence right so much to do with confidence and how much people believe in you and what you can do or your ability to do something it showcases the discrepancy between what people expect women to be able to do as opposed to men I recently discovered and you guys probably you got a very woke audience here okay Uh, You guys probably know this already. I was researching, like, the moon landing, right? And I realized that not one woman, I don't know if anyone knows this, has ever been on the moon. Basically, what happened back in the late 60s is that NASA just sent up all these fucking, you know, bros up to the moon, right? With, like, a six-pack of VB or something. And we're just like, yeah, chill out. Invite some mates over. Just fucking have a party, man. And but then female astronauts came along and they were like, hey, um, do you reckon we could um, maybe just, maybe it might be our turn to um, pop up or anything? Because we obviously, we, wrote, we actually wrote the, most, the code, you know, to get you guys up there the first time. And, uh, you know, it might just be our turn because we've got a lot of good uh, female astronauts. And NASA basically went, um, sorry, we actually stopped doing those this afternoon. So um, we actually can't see it. There's no more missions going up. So we kind of stopped doing that, ran out of money. So... You might get your period up there as well, so might, we don't know what that means scientifically, right? It's something to do with tides or like, you know, tides. It's like putting a compass on a magnet. I don't know, it's something weird, right? And it's like, NASA, what is the weirder thing? What is the weirder scientific miracle? The fact that I, as a woman, get a period every month, or you, as dudes, have dicks that literally change shape when you see boobs. Like, that's... That's the craziest scientific miracle there. Your dick's a transformer, so I don't give a shit about that, right? 
it's not even just the opportunities that you're afforded. I think because it's, it's so ingrained for you from such a young age. I feel, and for me, I um, I had two older brothers growing up. I was the youngest. I was the only girl. And from a very very young age, I think it becomes so clear how your gender kind of shapes uh, what expectations there are on you as you grow up. With specifically, I found with older brothers the toys that we'd have growing up. Seeing the difference between toys that are directly marketed to boys and toys that are directly marketed to girls is astonishing, right? Because it basically sets you up for what they expect you to be in the future. And for young boys, it is often, you know, leadership roles, people who take control of stuff. You get stuff like uh, Lego, right? Building blocks, Bob the Builder stuff, action men, stuff, you know, like Hot Wheels and stuff, stuff that, you know, teaches young boys, reach for the stars, you can do anything, the world's your oyster, you know, you land on a cloud, it'll all be fine, you can be a leader. Girls, and <laughs> most of which you are tonight, yes, you know what we got. Do you remember, we got fucking toy plastic cash registers. <laughs> Do you remember that? Prams, we got prams, right? We got those fucked up baby born dolls. Did anyone have those as a kid? Someone shot up their hand and very quickly put it down. I was like, I should not be proud of that. But they were, we got, I had one of them as well. For those of you who don't remember what a baby born doll was, essentially a baby born doll was a, a plastic baby doll that literally shits and pisses into a nappy that you, as a six-year-old, have to change. Like, what kind of psychotic parent is buying their child this as a toy and being like, sorry, babe, your life's fucked, bye. Like, see you later. And then we have the girl to chastise, you know, a, a girl for when they get to the age of 14, 15, they start getting pregnant, as if that wasn't what we were socially programmed to do from a young age, or that was the expectation that we're only like, you know, been put on this earth to have children, right? It's terrible, yeah. Because if I was 14 years old, guys, and I figured out, right, that I could make free baby borns, <laughs> come out of my vagina. I'd be like, chuck that shit on eBay, right? Like that's, that's, a, that's a small business right there, yeah? And I challenge any dude in the audience as well, if you found out you can make Hot Wheels come out of the ends of your dicks, you'd be right there as well. You'd be like, fa-chum, 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 fa-chum. That's a loop-to-loop -loop one there, it's more expensive. Um, great, that's me, leadership, great. Yes, okay. Would you like to introduce her? I'd love to introduce her. Um, unfortunately, she didn't send through a bio for me, so I know nearly nothing about her. Um, apart from that, she's one of my best friends. I do a podcast with her called Bonus of the Heart. Um, she's a fantastic comedian, nominated for the Billy T Award this year, a writer on John and Ben of Funny Girls. Please welcome to the stage, Alice Nedder! <laughs> Hello, Alice. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's nice to be up here separated from you all now. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of like a plant yeah. in the audience, You right? thought I was one of you. I wasn't. <laughs> you were in Robert. What was that like? Um, I mean, you weren't moving. literally in Robert. That's, <laughs> that sounds wrong. No, no, I was earlier on. Um, that's a private thing. I don't want to get into sure, it. Sure, sure. It was a pinky, mostly. Um, no! 
I'm sorry, I've already made it filthy. You've and I misunderstood the tone of yeah. this podcast. Oh, I don't regret it, though. No, I can see that. That's what's nice about it. Yeah. How do you feel as a woman in... Uh, do you think... Aroused. We, no. Do you, um, think, <laughs> do you think we see enough... Are you feeling like... Are you feeling like the tide's turning now? It feels like there's, a, you know, there's been lots of marches. Have you had lots of marches, women's marches here in New Zealand? We did. We've had, like, one. Yeah. <laughs> we did. You went on that one, though, didn't you? I did. I did go on that march um, for the whole way. <laughs> and, and that's its own challenge, Alice. Thank you. The best part about that march was I was there in my, like, feminist merchandise, uh, which is the best part about being a feminist. (laughs) And I was with my sister and my mum, who are also in their feminist merch, and I was like, this is a beautiful moment. And then about halfway through the march, my mum was like, are you sure you want to wear your hair like that? (laughs) I was like, please don't critique me on a march for women's rights. No, yeah, that is not really the place. That's a bit of an I'm a feminist yeah. march. You <laughs> yeah. start to get paranoid about your hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I genuinely do feel like women are going, I'm bored of this, like I'm angry of this now, and I am actually going to step into the limelight and I'm not going to sit and take it anymore. Are you feeling like that's a movement? I'm cynical about it, to be honest. I want to be like, yep, it's happening, but uh, it's been centuries of it not happening. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, time will tell, but I do feel positive about it. Like the last time I was in this room, it was because I was watching Jacinda at the Labour launch, and this was, yeah. And this was an overflow room, and it was jam packed, and I was like, this is great. That felt different. Actually, I do have a story about her. Oh, oh um, please. Yes, I did a, um, I can't remember what it was for. I did some sort of thing with her, so I had her number in my phone. And thank you. <laughs> do you still have it? I do, but I'm not getting my phone out. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think she's changed it? Oh, though? 100%. I mean, not because um, of you. I don't, I'm not saying she changed it. Oh, no, it's because it. of me. I was calling her nonstop. <laughs> I was like, I just want to chat. <laughs> no, but I was out on the town, thank you. And um, we, we needed to go home and we needed to call an Uber. And you know, there's like an Uber split function. And my friend grabbed my phone and split the Uber with her. And she declined. And then I voted for the Green Party. So... (laughs) Take that, Jacinda. (laughs) Not my Prime Minister. (laughs) I'm kidding. I actually really like her. I had a very surreal moment with her when she just became leader. I was doing like a debate thing and um, we had to debate each other me versus her we were the leaders of the teams and right before I was like full-on panicking because I was nervous and she was like rubbing my back telling me it was going to be okay and I was like this is weird (laughs) are you sure this isn't a dream because that sounds a lot like a dream. It does sound like a dream, but it happened. If there's if I, if is there I, anyone here who was there? Oh my I God, rem- it was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> if I remembered Theresa May rubbing my back and telling me it would all be okay, it would I know. definitely have been a dream or a drug trip. It I know. It's a real cr- it is crazy that we all... It feels like everyone kind of that, knows her right, a bit. New Zealand. That right there mm. means you... like Presumably in no other point have you gone, oh, well, when the Prime Minister and I were debating together. like It feels like <laughs> yeah. she's much more accessible. I mean, our last Prime Minister... Or, I mean, not last, but like John Key being our Prime Minister. Obviously, he has friends. 
He hangs out with people, but they're just not the circle of friends you would ever imagine having. Um, you know what I mean? Like, as especially a, a woman, I feel like, I mean, how many female friends does John Key genuinely have? Like, you know, like, do you reckon, like, I don't know if he would. Well, and, and it's just like, it's a really, it's exciting thing to know that someone in that position of power moves in circles that is kind of like a approachable, well, fathomable thing. Well, when Donald Trump talks about women, they're so, he's usually rating them between one and ten. Yeah. And you can see the women that Same. he thinks are... <laughs> you can see the women he thinks of, like his daughter that he thinks, well, she's not really a woman, she's sort of one mm. of us. Mm. And most women for him are othered. Mm. And Mike Pence is the one who said, you shouldn't go for a dinner with a woman in case you have sex with her. Yeah. And so men should not socialise with women. Or... Donald Trump said, well, what did you expect putting men and women together in the military, talking about how many rapes there'd been in the military? What did you expect? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we didn't expect anyone to rape anyone. That's what we expected. That's normal. <laughs> we had, we had high hopes. We're together all the time. We're all the, together all the time. What are you talking about? There is an otherness coming from there. And the more countries that can go in the direction of New Zealand and have either female prime ministers or leaders who have maybe have a female friend... Uh, yeah, they don't. Her female mate. They don't rate between Hell one yeah. and ten. I mean, like they need their Gale to their Oprah. You know what I mean? Like if I saw, oh, if I saw like a male, you know, leader, prime minister whose best friend was a girl, I'd be kind of like, cool man. Like, <laughs> be like kind of legit. It's really interesting to see people, especially with like all this like Weinstein stuff and and all of that. How men to become like you know allies? They can't contextualize it in any other way as a part. That's uh, not their personal. Um, kind of relationship to the thing. So it's the whole thing of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. It's like, oh, yeah. I have daughters, I have sisters, I have mothers, and those are the only forms of woman that exist, right? <laughs> like, and this lack of empathy for it's like just... like, if I you know, own a woman. I didn't own a woman before. Exactly. But now I've, now I've owned one of my own. I can understand, oh, they're human people with feelings. Yeah, then they're my not, eyes are open. They're more than tits. Yeah, and it's like the whole thing on Twitter, isn't it? It's like, it's even though they're well and the intentions mean, they mean well by trying to relate to a woman like that, it's just kind of backfired a little bit because it's like, well, I mean. Mm. They never say, well, I don't want bad things to happen to men because I have a son. There's just an understanding that men are people. Yeah. And women can only be understood through paternal. Yeah. Through who they are approximate to. Yeah, who, who yeah. by their ownership. Which is why Rose introduced me as her friend. I'm my own person. Don't clap that. No, she doesn't need the encouragement. She does not need the encouragement, right? That's disgusting. You've always said that you would be Prime Minister one. I think yes, Alice I would did, be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you still think you could yes, be? Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Are you quite political, Alice? Yeah, I am pretty political, yes. Uh, I grew up in a very, like, political household. My parents are very politically engaged, and so... Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to laugh at that. I'm so yeah. sorry. I, no, I, no, I please, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Alice's parents um, always have a sign, a, a hand-painted political sign outside yeah. their house, you know, sticking it to the man, and I just made me laugh for a second, because... Is it always the same sign, or do they change it? No, no, my mum updates it. It's... <laughs> It's hand-painted. It looks it like a child. Does. <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you give me an example of what this sign says? Yeah, I mean, I have a bit about it. Like, I remember one time, like, during the George Bush administration, she had one up and it said, don't be ambushed. <laughs> oh, With just it, Bush in capitals. Is it pun-based? 
Oh, it's not always pun-based. Like Christmas, sometimes she'll do satire. <laughs> she'll try. Like during Christmas, she did the outline of Bethlehem, which is the birthplace of the Christian Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not a laugh line. <laughs> and from the outline of Bethlehem, she did a speech bubble saying, it's a girl. Oh. Wow. I'm going to tell her to listen to this because that has never worked. <laughs> but everyone in the neighbourhood was just confused and thought she'd had another baby. <laughs> You're both young, vibrant, Thank you. clever, <laughs> clever young New Zealand one's younger, women. One's younger, yeah. What can we do to take more leadership roles, given we're not generally being offered them, and often there's a tendency to marginalise women, mm. especially in roles of leadership. We often have to fight for them. What can we just do every day? So if people are listening to this podcast at home, what can they do to take more leadership? Because now I realise, Alice, you're yeah. going to be the Prime Minister. I think I want your advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let it be heard here first. Um, well, no, the one piece of advice, and I don't know if someone gave it to me or if I just, like, gave it to myself. Um, I'll, so this could be Maya Angelou or something you just thought of. Yeah, definitely I'm or appropriating someone else's better advice. <laughs> um, but somebody once told me it was me. Uh, like, no, to do things before you think you can because that's the male psyche. I think, actually, maybe I learned that in improv because they talk about it a lot when they taught it to us because you have a back line when you improvise and the way I got taught it so you start off on a back line so everybody's standing on the back and then to enter a scene you have to step forward so it's like a very like literal um, representation of like what it's like to you know step into something and put yourself into it because in the improv scene I was in there's like everyone is a man and they would be like if you're a woman just step forward and I genuinely believe like that practice of improvising of like having to just like step into stuff just gave me that confidence outside of that as well. So, I know what you mean, that kind of yes and feeling. Yeah, well, it's just that, like, my brothers, like, I don't feel like they question themselves that much, you know? They'll just, like, do something. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll it's do like it. It's like Paul saying I could fly a plane. It's that, that Yeah, exactly. and, like, I, I can that's... fly a plane too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be is that, Yeah, is that kind of going into things? My impro teacher, Patty Styles, she used to say, if you don't know what to do in an improvisation scene... Just have your character say, I know exactly what to do. Oh, really? And then your brain will just offer you something. <laughs> and sometimes I do that in life. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing. And I, but if I say I, have, I know exactly what to do, it's exactly what... Did you, anyone see that viral video that, with Reese Witherspoon talking about women in Hollywood? And she said in movies, a woman will always turn to a man and go, everything's gone wrong. Like, what should we do? I've got no idea what to do. And she said, in real life, have you ever known a woman in a crisis turn to a man and go, I've got nothing? Yeah. She said, children are told, go and find a woman if you're lost. They're told. Totally. Don't, they're not, no one tells, says to their child, go and find a bloke. Yeah. Drinking a bit. They say, go and find a lady and tell her you're lost and she will fix everything magically. <laughs> <laughs> She'll take you in. She'll take you in. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And that is such a... Um, when I was little, I all I wanted to do was become uh, a film director. And from a very, very young age, I was like, I want to direct a film. As part, I was into acting and all of that stuff, but directing a film was like, oh, I love films. I want to do that. And it's really interesting, as a teenager, 
boys are more inclined or more supported or more encouraged to get into the technical side of, you know, film is a specific kind of area where it's like if you're technically, you know, uh, uh, capable of doing that stuff, that's your path. You go down, you know, areas of directing and telling people. And it's so, it's so funny how much you miss out on, especially in that area of film, with having a woman be uh, in a role of leadership, being able to collaborate with people genuinely and talk to because I think authorship is such a masculine concept and you very rarely like see people talk about yeah. women in film as auteurs even though like Catherine Bigelow she's a, she is an auteur like yeah. you know she's they're a, not she's not talked about an auteur an auteur Absolutely. is like a Woody Allen or an Alfred Hitchcock yeah, or really another, guys who sleaze on another their way female actresses. Exactly. Yeah. Another way of Harvey Weinstein. These <laughs> yeah. people are auteurs, mm-hmm. and there's a power tripness to totally. auteurness. That doesn't have to be like that, but there is a power trip that often we can see that power coming out in other unsavory ways. Absolutely. That's why I want to do that kind of collaborative leadership with you with that song, mm-hmm. because the more you can catch the other person's eye and say, are you there? What are you going to do now? And just more intuitively throw to each other and work together. I think the better leadership is. Totally. Absolutely the better leadership is. And I know that democracy is much more difficult than two verses of when the saints come marching in. But, <laughs> and filmmaking is too. But I thought I was terrified of it. I did a, film, a short film course directing. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified of it because I honestly thought, I'll get really dithery. And as soon as my time started, I became... Fascistic is too strong a word. But, <laughs> I was just like, quiet on the set, all right, action. (laughs) And then this guy kept forgetting his lines because he wouldn't learn them properly. It was awful. But I just kept going, cut, your line is this. Basically shouting at him, I want to be in that number. And (laughs) making him go again. I was extraordinary. I didn't know myself. And Mm -hmm. my friend apparently said that someone said to her, oh, I wouldn't want to be on her set. She's terrifying. And my friend told me that. And I was like, I love that. Because I, yeah. I can always tone it down. And I was the only one that got it in the can. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't very good, but I got it. And that was my <laughs> name. Who is Charity of the Week? Are you here? Could, do you mind coming to the front and grabbing the mic? I'll, I'll pass you the mic. Because then people will hear at home. And that was, <laughs> you just took the microphone out of the lead. That's fantastic. Leadership. <laughs> Thanks very much, Deborah. So, my name's Karen Tasker, and I'm a supporter of the Auckland Women's Centre. <laughs> so, some of you will know. Um, so, the centre works with all women, and particularly women who face multiple challenges Māori and Pacifica women, single mums, domestic and sexual violence survivors, migrant and LGBT women. We provide women's support, so that's free information, advice, referral, and support available to all women via drop in, email, or phone. We've got low cost personal counselling, and our counsellors specialise in issues affecting women. We charge on a sliding scale depending on income because high quality counselling shouldn't be a luxury only a few can afford. Education in groups. Our affordable community education improves women's wellbeing. So women gain confidence, build friendships and learn new skills. Taught by experienced tutors, our courses change with the needs of our community. And we provide a voice for women's equality in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Our community forums bring women together. These forums build networks, raise awareness and develop solutions. We don't shy away from controversial issues, women in prisons, homelessness, the fabulous Clementine Ford and women's poverty. 
we run the Auckland Pay Equity Coalition. So that's 22 groups lobbying government for a fair pathway to equal pay. And we organise the Coalition for the Safety of Women and Children, which is 11 groups addressing policies that enable the systemic abuse of women and children. So on your way out, you've all paid for your tickets, so you are absolutely not obliged. But if you have um, $5, $10 or even $1 to put in the tin... We'd really appreciate it. Where can people donate at home? Can you give us a website? So just go to the Auckland Women's Centre website. Auckland Women's Centre website. And you can sign up to be part of our newsletter and mailing list as well and hear what we're up to. Thank you so much. Big round of applause. You're doing amazing work. Follow the Guilty Feminist on Twitter at GuiltFemPod. Check out our Instagram instagram.com forward slash the guilty feminist like our facebook page sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released and please go to itunes and rate review and subscribe it helps other people find the podcast probably no one in the audience does listen to it but we uh, me and alice do another podcast called boners of the heart and um oh yeah great some people listen great basically deborah we talk about inappropriate boners we have um for people but yeah no go um and download it if you want to we just released a new episode about um halloween Brilliant. Uh, and and Alice, all of the psychopaths. Who Alice, do you also have a television show to plug? Yes. <laughs> um, it feels so strange to plug it. It's a show that I am a head writer on and Rose is one of the stars of. And it's going to be on TV3 at Sometime. some point. Yeah, yeah, it's called Funny Girls and it's, it's third season. I love it. Please watch it. Oh, actually, and I do have a web series coming out on TVNZ On Demand, so you should go see that. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, I, oh, it's called What, How, Me. Uh, yeah, look out for it. It should be good, I think. Uh, uh, I haven't seen do it yet. Do that right now. I have another podcast called Global Pillage. It's at globalpillage.net, and it's a diversity-based comedy panel show. Um, so basically like you know those shows that you see on the television, like Seven Days that you have here except we let women play. Um, you have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest co-host Rose Matafael, and our very special guest, Alice Sneddon, who is the top shop. Thanks to everyone at the Town Hall, Auckland, as well as Jeffrey, and Australia Company Management, and all of you for listening. And for more information about this, London Observe, visit guiltyfeminist.com. She'll take you in. She'll take you in. Yeah, that's how foster families begin. Um, that's not... Yeah, that's how what? As the official guilty feminist advice, if a child says I'm lost, you cannot just take them home. That's that Rose Matafeo's... That's my... I'll say that on my own podcast. Yeah, um, Rose Matafeo's views are not necessarily yeah. those of the guilty feminist if it comes to kidnapping. I think we're going to have to put that warning just on the top of this episode <laughs> yeah. for the whole thing. I'm um, good. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com